All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR. Now, SCAR stands for Seeking Courage and Redemption with Dustin Rivenbark. And we have a great day, great guests lined up for today. But before we get into all of that, I want to sort of tell you the intent of the podcast, kind of the why are we here, so to speak. And we are here today to work out our trials and tribulations, hardships, and all of that in such a way that we can actually begin to unfold God's plan and purpose for our lives. Now, you may be listening to this and thinking, but yeah, that sounds nice and all, but why do I need to listen to Scar? And the truth is, guys, we all have stuff. We all have hardships. We all have things that sort of accumulate in our lives. And if we allow them to, they could even change the trajectory of our lives. So this is a safe place. We can all come together and just begin to help each other walk through the different stages of life. Now, that being said, I have a great guest on the line, Mr. Dan Stoyer. Please say hello to my audience. Hello there, everyone on the Scar Podcast, and such a great honor to be on your show, Dustin. How you doing, man? Man, I am good, brother. So how's the weather in Wisconsin, my man? Oh, man, the past week, past couple weeks, it's been 85, 90 degrees. It's been very hot, but yesterday we got some nice rain, and now it's a beautiful 72 degrees out, so it's perfect right now. I love it. So 80 to 90 degrees, and it's very hot. Let me just tell you, you've got some listeners to this right now, Dan, that would love to put you in a chokehold, because down here, <laughs> hey, it's hotter than Satan's toenail, buddy. It is blazing down here, and it's uh, you get in the vehicle, and you think it's 1,000 degrees, man. Oh, I believe it, man. I just would advise your listener as well. I also have to live through negative 10 degrees and things like that in the winter. So that's the other end of the spectrum of Wisconsin. So it's fun. So I remember one week in February, six years ago, where on a Monday, it was 80 degrees. And then later on that week in February, it was 20 degrees in a blizzard. So we get everything. We get everything up here, it seems like. Well, look, I, I don't think they're no, I think they're no longer mad because I don't want the <laughs> negative. I don't want the negative degrees. I don't want the shoveling snow. Do y'all, do y'all have a snow shovel, Dan? Oh, we do, but I use a snow blower, so it makes okay. it a lot easier. And I just moved into an apartment, so I don't have to worry about that for a little bit anyways. But okay, yeah, okay. waking up at 5 a.m. to shovel snow is, it's a good workout, but it's not fun. No, man, no. And so, uh, so today, man, I think we've got a great, uh, 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 great matchup for today and just want to kind of ease into this thing. Uh, today, I want to talk a little bit about identity and how we can get wrapped up in future plans. Uh, and we can begin to get discouraged and, and, and broken when things don't uh, go the way that we planned it. But when we look back, we can begin to see God's work and and God's hand unfold our plan and purpose for our life. And uh, in saying that, Dan, tell us a little bit um, about you and and your story and your struggle with apraxia. Just just give me a give me a little a little background here. Oh, for sure. It's great that you bring up the word identity because I know it's not the only. I know I'm not the only person that struggled with it. A lot of us 
have, in fact, I have an episode on my podcast called Identity, mm. and it's got twice as many downloads as my second most listened to episode. So it's something a lot of people <laughs> like talking about or listening about or trying to grasp this thing. So yeah, when I was born, I had this thing called apraxia. And to make a long story short, apraxia is where I knew what I wanted to say, but there was a there was like a block or a wall in between my brain and my vocal cords preventing me from saying what I wanted to say. Like I knew I wanted the juice or my wanted the juice. And my mom would try to get me to say the word juice and I couldn't say it where other kids would start talking or start making noise. I was silent and I wasn't dumb by any means, but there was just a, there was something different with my brain. So I had to see a speech therapist from age three to age eight. And my parents were worried that I might never talk normally or whatever the case may be. And they prayed for me. It's, they taught me from a young age that prayer can have a powerful thing. And just because God doesn't answer you right away, doesn't mean he's not working. And the crazy part is, is I did it for about two years. And then when I was almost five, I walked in on Christmas morning to my mom and I told her, Merry Christmas, mom. Wow. And she she started crying because that was the first time I ever said a sentence coherently. And now there are times where I don't shut up. Hey, hey, check out this, though. Check out the irony and the awesomeness of God's love. So listeners, Dan has a podcast himself. And so we go from somebody who can't talk, somebody who has a a block or something uh, in his brain to somebody who now celebrates God's love and God's uh, just just grace and all of that with his mouth. And so this is how he does it is through his podcast and speaking and all of that. How awesome is that, man? Oh, it's it humbles me every day that if you would have told me back when I was a kid, I'd use my voice to help glorify God over a podcast. I'd be like, no way. <laughs> no way. You're kidding. But God is such a bigger bigger plan for us, man. And it's just, it's just fantastic. And then continuing with my story, I started to be able, I, around eight, I was able to kind of graduate from my speech language pathologist training. And I still have trouble with some words, but it's definitely not a hindrance to me in my talk. And so I got obsessed in high school with this sport called basketball. I just loved it, Dustin. It, oh, it's so good in my my wife hates when I talk about it. She's, she's a big soccer, she's a big soccer girl and she doesn't see the reason why I like basketball so much, but right. now it was did so, the game love you back. Were you any good at it? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I won free throw contests. Okay. I shot, I shot maybe 42% from three point range, 90% from the free throw line. It was just, I just loved shooting three pointers. It was yeah. great. And I know when I was a, about to become a junior in high school, I was, I, I was about to become a starter on the varsity team. So I put everything into working out, playing basketball five, six days a week. And I kind of put God in the back shelf because I saw my identity as this is my newspaper clipping. This is my time I was on TV, all this. And it was like, this is what I should be doing. And God kind of gave me a wake up call. He, I was playing pickup ball and went up for a layup and I made the shot, but then I collapsed on my knee and I found out a couple weeks later, I tore my ACL or a ligament in my knee, yeah. which basically prevents sideways movement. And when I found out I couldn't maybe not play basketball that year, 
I was crushed. I actually, I'm not afraid to admit this. I cried for about an hour because I'm like, it felt like my identity was taken away from me. Yep. And God took that time to show me, Dan, why are you trusting in something that can easily be taken away when I, Jesus, am the only constant? I'm the one that doesn't change. So it was a real wake-up call through that in that, you know, yeah, basketball is fun and great, but I am greater and you should rely on me. And ever since then, it's been a wake-up call just to say, hey, this stuff is fun, but you got to prioritize your life to true, truly get that true joy that I want to give you from Jesus. So yeah, it's just, it was very, it was a very humbling time. So man, that's a, that's a powerful word, Dan. And, and when we sit back and we really think about that, I had a similar experience uh, with my identity being wrapped up in my career prior to going into ministry. And so uh, when I lost that, I found myself lost, man. I found myself hurt and broken. Uh, didn't really know um, what to do with myself. I knew that God was calling me uh, uh, into ministry, but I didn't know how that was going to look, what that was going to look like or anything. I found my identity through um, being a subsea engineer offshore. And so I can really relate to that. And backing up with the, uh, with the apraxia, um, did you struggle with speech on into high school or were, was it pretty much kind of taken care of by your, by your basketball time? Um, it was pretty much taken care of by then. I mean, if I start words with CH compared to SH, sometimes if I rush it, it's hard for me to pronounce. But other than that, God's really helped me out with that. And my family always bugs me about it all the time as a joke. It's like, Dan, it's not. So I'm like, Oh, come on now. (laughs) Give me a uh, break. (laughs) So now what about, um, moving kind of out of, out of that ACL tear? So, um, I've, I've had knee surgery as well. Not fun. And so kind of, kind of losing that identity, uh, and, and kind of falling into a bit of a unknown and, and insecurity and all of that. Uh, take me forward, um, going into your dreams, desires, aspirations after that. Well, I know like right after my surgery, my doctor, um, he talked to me about needing physical therapy. And my first question was what in the world is physical therapy? I had no idea what that was, no clue what that entailed. And when I went, I realized it was the person that would help me walk again, help me run and jump and be able to play the sport that I really love to do. And it's in physical therapy, they break you down. I mean, I remember my first session, they put me on a stair stepper machine, the recumbent one to help with the bend in my knee to help my muscle repair. And there was someone next to me that was five times my age. I was 16. The lady next to me was 80. And she was going twice as fast as I was. And the physical therapist looked at me and said, Dan, you do not go faster than her right now. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, come on, you got to be kidding me. And then, but then just going through the process and then being able to improve my balance and the ability to jump and run again. And this is also a part of my journey story too, is that I was actually able to be cleared to play basketball for the last month of the season. And I'd wear this huge knee break race which was actually pretty cool because guys would leave me open thinking I couldn't do anything and I'd just shoot over them and score which was such a cool feeling but then I ended up actually helping my team win the championship and make all tournament team and the teams from the tournament looked at me and they're like where were you the first time we played you guys and like (laughs) I was the guy at the end of the bench wearing the tie and the clipboard and 
And just, just seeing how God took something that I thought was ugly and flipped it on its head and introduced me to the field of physical therapy and, and, uh, and being able to still play basketball and realize I was playing for a higher purpose than myself. So Mm. yeah, I mean, that's how I got introduced to physical therapy and it, it was just a crazy story from there, but I'll let you say something if you need to. So, so going from, um, going from actual, uh, pain, uncertainty, all of that, when that actually happened, it brought you into, uh, something that you would desire to do long-term. So actually it kind of almost led you to the feeling of, wow, I didn't even know this existed. And so, and so watching them work through you and helping you get back to walking and jumping and all of that stuff, uh, it kind of developed a passion and a fire inside of you to want to, to want to be able to be that for someone else. Correct. Oh, you hit the nail right on the head there, sir. And, and so, and so jumping back in, man, have our game winning, you know, moment, and, and all of this and experiencing um, the, the, the last couple of months there, basketball season, um, continue on, man. Take me on. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, a part of me wanted to play college ball, and I went to an open tryout at UW-Waukesha, University of Wisconsin-Waukesha, and I found it almost comical because we're playing a pickup game and a fight broke out. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is for me anymore, so... I still played for fun, but not at a competitive level. And then I decided to go full long into trying to obtain a doctorate in physical therapy. Mm -hmm. So what that entailed is that I needed a four-year degree. So I took two years at UW-Waukesha and then transferred to UW-Milwaukee to get a Bachelor's of Science in Kinesiology. That's just a fancy term meaning the study of human movement. And... Um, I was told for most schools, you need a 3.0 and some recommendations and you'd probably be good to go. So my GPA was around a 3.25. My core GPA was, I think a 3.1 or something like that. This was like a long time ago. So I'm trying to remember, Yeah. but, but, um, I applied and I couldn't get in. And then I kind of took a year, applied again, couldn't get in again. And then the next year, I applied to schools in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois. And again, I couldn't get in. And I realized what they didn't tell me or didn't want to tell me is that um, most programs, it, it varies by program, of course, but most programs accept 20 to 25 students a year. And there's normally 100, 125 people trying to get those spots. Uh. So it can be very, very competitive and I don't want to say ugly, but it's, they kind of take the person out of it and turn you into a number where what's your GPA and will you make our program look good? So, so I was like crushed. I'm like, okay, God, where do you, where do you want me to go from here? You know, it's, I have this degree. What should I do? So I ended up working for the YMCA a couple of years as a fitness coach and fitness, fitness specialist where I'd help people use the machines and we go through different workout routines and then I transform that into a personal training business at the Y and probably the best part about the personal training is I helped a 50 year old get her black belt. Nice. So, so that was really cool. She, That's she was, awesome. 
she was a bad dude. He didn't want to double cross her in the alley. No, man. <laughs> so I'm glad I, I'm glad I got on her good side. Let's, let's put it that way. But yeah, she got her black belt. So that was amazing. But during that time, I just, I just struggled with identity again because we all have these preconceived notions of what our life should be when we're a certain age. So I always thought when I was about 25, I'd be a successful, I'd have a successful job. I'd be married, maybe have a kid, maybe be a prominent place in a church where I'd be a volunteer, things like that. And like nothing, like the dominoes felt like they were far apart and nothing was connected. And I'm like, okay, God, I know you're real. I know I believe in you. You're my Lord and Savior. But at the same time, I'm like, what's, (laughs) what's going on? And it was it was at this time that I got a inkling to join a physical therapy assistance school. So I was basically helped assist the physical therapist in treating patients. And I got into a school in Janesville called Blackhawk Technical College. And I did that for two years and happy to say I graduated back in May of 2018 and I'm currently licensed as a physical therapist assistant. So all right. So that is crazy yeah. stuff. I mean, God so, turned that around and I still got in the field and it was it was quite the transformation. So let me let me just back up here and let's let's just talk about a couple of things. So you had your your incident with uh, uh aproxia, you had the, the the basketball injury, then we then we move into okay, do I do basketball? Do I pursue physical therapy? All of that. You go into college, you start to pursue uh, physical therapy, and I want, I want our listeners to understand this message is so relevant. Though your story may not be the same, you can recognize so many similarities in this whole idea of, of identity, this whole idea of I wish that or I hoped, I had hoped that, but this happened. And so we go into to college. You're trying for three years, Dan, to get into physical therapy school. Are you getting defeated? Are you getting burnt out? What's going through your mind each time you apply and you don't make it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just super, super frustrated, man. Um, Part of it is that I'm part German, so maybe I'm a little on on the stubborn side and didn't want to give up in, in, in that aspect. But at the same time, it was frustrating because I remember that last year when I applied to all those schools, it was about over $3,000 in application fees. And that was money I wasn't going to get back. So, so if, go ahead. So it felt like I invested in something that wasn't fruitful at all. So that part was really, really frustrating. You know, and, and, and so often, guys, we can, we can do these things. We can invest money in something. We could invest time in somebody. We can do all of these different things. We can go forth uh, with our job trying to, pers- trying, to, trying to get that next promotion and all of those things, and we find that uh, we, we get stacked up against the hardships. We're, we're trying to get back in school maybe later in life, all of this kind of stuff, and, and, and we have a dream and a desire for, us, for it to go one way, a certain way, and, and it almost a lot of times feels like the world is backfiring on us and, and, and the cards are stacked against me, so to speak. But your story shows that perseverance and staying with something and don't give up and keep moving forward will land you um, uh, eventually in a place that, that, that you didn't even know, that, that, that God is really moving and working and shaking some things in your direction that you don't even see coming. So I like to tell people, 
um, that let's say they have a dream later in life to be, I don't know, a veterinarian or something, or they have a dream to go back to school, this and that, but they say it will take too long. Here's the deal, guys, is that five or 10 years are going to pass anyway, with or without that degree. So, so why not keep fighting? Why not keep stepping? Why not keep moving forward, trying to uh, gain what you feel like um, this world has for you, so to speak. And so, because the time is going to pass with or without you accomplishing those things anyway. Is that making sense, Dan? Oh, that makes complete sense. I know that our fear, our worries get in the way or of our perfect plans, as they say, but but God knows the future and we should just enjoy the present as it is because if we can't enjoy the present, we can miss out on what God may have for us in the future, or even in the present day and how he wants to use us. You know, and so the, the, the pieces that don't seem to quite go together or the pieces that seem to break can be molded again because yes. um, um, this is not all. It doesn't, the story doesn't end there. Um, you actually have recently since COVID um, uh, lost your job as well. Is that correct? Yeah. And I don't, I don't mind sharing this because I know I'm not the only one out there that lost their position, um, due to COVID, but, um, just, um, I still am a physical therapist assistant licensed, but, um, when COVID happened, this was back in March. I can't remember exactly when it was around St. Patrick's day. Um, the healthcare industry, I worked at a short-term nursing facility, which is a place where people would have surgeries who are in their seventies, eighties, and nineties. They would come to our place to transition, to help go back home or go to a assisted living facility or wherever they had to go. And we helped them be able to walk again and get stronger or whatever have you. And when COVID happened, we have a infection control nurse at the clinic and the rules changed every day. So it was very uncertain for all of us if we were safe or not. For instance, there was a shortage on personal protective equipment, that stuff like masks and gowns and things like that. Right. And we had to save the same gown and mask for a week straight. Uh, and okay. it didn't matter because the alternative was throwing it away and having nothing, walking into people's rooms. And I remember in the beginning... Um, I had to work with people that were being tested for COVID. So I was kind of one of those things where Jesus take the wheel and protect yeah. me. And he did. So praise God for that. Praise but, God, yeah. but, um, yeah, back on April 13th. So out of the blue and I just had my performance review before a week before that. And they told me I had things to work on and things to improve. So I thought they were calling me to see if I followed up on that, which I, which I did. So I'm like, okay, let's get the ball rolling. They told me, Dan, because of COVID, we have to let you go out of the full-time position and change you to PRN, which just means as needed. And I'm like, okay, when is this happening? And they said, two days. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, I'm, like, I'm like, thanks for the heads up, guys. I mean, it was, yeah. I was more shell-shocked. I didn't know how to respond to that. And I told my coworkers about it and, you know, they felt bad and because there was nothing anyone can do. And I know some friends who are physical therapists and assistants also went through that same thing where they lost their job. And, and now the industry is kind of in a, kind of an uneasy area right now, trying to figure out how to deal this with this COVID thing. 
But what was crazy about that, Dustin, is I didn't really feel I didn't really feel depressed. I felt this peace and this calmness. And I think part of that was just looking back at my journey and saying, well, when I tore my ACL, God was there and he helped me through it. When I had apraxia, God was there and he helped me through it. When I couldn't get into physical therapy school, God was there and he helped me through it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going on, but I know God will let me through it. And a verse that encouraged me on that journey was just Isaiah 43 verses one and two. And the book of Isaiah is full of amazing, amazing verses. But these two, oh yes. And these two verses really stuck out to me, especially on that part of my journey where it says, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you, I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume, consume you. So, Dustin, when, when, I, when, I, when that happened to me, I'm like, you know what? I can go through anything in life, whether it be through the waters or the creek or a crazy ocean or even fire, and God right. can protect me and help me out there. And it's crazy. During this time, it's, it's just been a blessing. I was able to start my podcast. And the, one of the best blessings of all is I still got married. <laughs> wow. Yes. Praise God. She still wanted the, to marry you. Yeah. May 30th. <laughs> and let me tell you to all the listeners out there that are single that are desire marriage, you know what? Just give it to God because no. it, will happen, it will happen in its own due time. And I know that's a cheesy statement because people told me that too. I'm like, yeah, right. That's not going to happen. But it does. God just opens doors that I can never open. And, and I got a good one who keeps my eyes on Jesus. And it's just an honor and a blessing to have her in my life and help me on my journey. You know, that's fantastic, man. And, and something you said, you know, you were struggling um, in the loss of your job. And, but you were able to keep centered and focused because you looked back and saw a situation where God showed up and carried you through. And then you saw another situation in your life where you were broken and hurting and God showed up and carried you through. And then you saw another area of your life where you were broken and hurting and, and, and God showed up and carried you through. And each one of those circumstances, not only did he carry you through, but he came through. Like he came through and showed you or opened your eyes to something new that you never would have experienced before without it. And so I think so oftentimes we fall short and, and we miss we miss the good in our hardships. We miss the good of the scars. We miss the lessons, the life lessons of the scars. And in talking about this whole idea of identity, I think another thing that come up is labels. And so what do you think is the significance? Why do we tend to try to put our identity in something uh, tangible here on earth worldly, uh, rather than on, on God. Like why, what do you think is that desire for us to have an identity? That's a great question. That's something that I've thought about over the years throughout my journey as well. And I think most people put their identity in something like their job or their relationship or their position or whatever have you, because it brings you immediate satisfaction. 
For instance, if you have a position, you get money from it, you get a promotion, whatever the case have you. Or the thing that really got me is when you introduce yourself to someone, I say, hi, my name is Dan. And what's the next word out of your mouth? You, I would say, I'm a physical therapist assistant. Yes. And that's this identity wraparound because the world tells us you need a position, you need this house, you need this car, you need this marriage, you need this relationship in order to truly be happy. And that's one of the biggest lies ever because Jesus doesn't work like that. He works outside of our boxes and wants to grow us into something, something beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad because when people lost their jobs, for example, during COVID, they don't know who they are. They don't know what to do. That's why when someone asked me that and challenged me to say, Hey Dan, why don't you say, Hey, I'm Dan and I'm a Christian. It's something that I truly believe in. And it's something I want to wrap my life around and something that's going to be secure and stable. And that's something that can, that can be in the sand that, yeah, it seems stable, but that's, it's actually a really shaky foundation. So that's what I've learned just from identity just in the past six, seven months. You know, that is such a good answer, uh, Dan. You did a great job. I thought I was throwing you a curveball there, but you, uh, <laughs> you rocked that, man. And so um, I, guess, I guess a great question that, that I want to have is, is, you know, um, you talked to me. Um, I, I was on your, your podcast as, as well, and, and we talked a little bit uh, about your mandate. Tell me about where the idea of having a mandate comes from, uh, what it is, and what is yours. Um, yeah, I got introduced to this idea um, in the last winter, so about December 2019. And it was part of this journey discipleship class I took at my church. And it was about seven, seven, seven of us. So we got to share this with others, which was even more powerful. So it's not enough just to write this down. You have to share it because sharing our stories is what relationships and being a Christian is all about. Uh, at least part of it anyways. I mean, there's a lot more involved, but that's a big part of it. And what a mandate basically is, is you look at your life and you go, okay, these are the five or six biblical references that I would relate to that really describe how God worked on my life and how I feel he's working now, as a matter of fact. Now, that that looks different for everybody. So among the seven of us, I mean, yeah, sure, there were some common references, but we would say the same reference and it would have a different meaning for that person compared to somebody else. And why, why is this mandate important for us? Um, why it's important is it just realizes that God is a part of your story. Love it. It's, he's not just part of the good things. He's part of the bad things too. And what I did with the mandate is I have my references and then I paraphrase the verse in my own words because the scripture itself is strong, but when we kind of put it in our own words, it kind of has that application that we need in our lives to help others out. So if you don't mind, Dustin, I'll share my mandate really quick Please, if that's man, okay. Let's hear it. We want to hear it. Yeah. So the first thing that I loved was Isaiah 40, 31. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And that's just about trust. And what I got from that is God is my refuge. He meets my needs when I trust him. I realize when I trust in myself, I fall flat in my face, Dustin. It's, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I laugh at myself sometimes in my life when I do that. But God is our refuge. And that is something that we need in our lives and strive for. And then the next thing that got me is just humility with 
Romans 7, 18, and 19. It's that verse that when you first read it, it's really confusing, but it, it's like, yeah, that's totally me. And then you get it when you actually understand it. That's mm-hmm. the verse that says, the good things I want to do, I don't do. And then the bad things I don't want to do, I end up doing. So it just remembers me that as I need to be humble because I can get in my own way. And this is apparent in the Bible all the time. I mean, Peter's a great example when Jesus tells him he's not going to, Jesus, Jesus tells Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, there's no way I would do that yet. He did it. Right. And it's so easy to fall into this trap of just not doing the right thing. But it reminds me that, Hey, I need God (laughs) because if I don't, I'm messing up. (laughs) You know, that's so huge, Dan. And, and uh, just the other day, um, I had what was to me uh, an amazing opportunity presented to me. I really wanted this um, to go through. Um, and, and I was really, really, really hoping for it. And, and it looked like it, it may could be a possibility. Uh, and then I started trying to force things to happen mm. by, by um, pushing the buttons a little more. And I, and, and I started trying to make it happen. And when I noticed it wasn't happening, it really drove me crazy. And my wife was like, you need to go upstairs and you need to pray about it. And I came up here and and I got in my office and I got on my face and I just prayed about it. And God spoke so clear to me. And I recognized, I recognized the truth. And I came back downstairs and my wife said, well, you know, what was your, you, you, you know, how'd your prayer time go? And I just looked at her and I said, I don't trust God. Mm. I'm, I'm not trusting God in this. Now, mind you, I'm in ministry, uh, leading students. Um, I'm, I'm doing podcasts. I'm, I'm speaking and doing all of these different things, Dan. And even I have those moments of, of, uh, of trying to make things happen myself and not trusting God in the moment. And so it's that prayer time. It's that, 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 take an inventory of your life. And that's where this mandate is coming in. So important. Keep, keep going. Oh, of course, man. And then the next one after the Romans scripture isn't what well, not Romans, but Matthew, Matthew seven twenty one through 23. It's probably the most challenging verses for me in the Bible. Um, it's the one where the, the guy, the guy tells the Lord, Hey, I know who you are. Let me into heaven. And Jesus says, depart from me for I do not know who you are. Mm. And for me, it's just a warning. It says being a Christian is not just about knowing God. It's about a heart change. It's about truly following after Jesus and not just doing the commandments just because they might get you into heaven, but to truly live that life like Jesus did on earth. Um, and then after that, I... Love this next one, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. Now, I know Jeremiah 29, 11 is the verse that's on every T-shirt, wristband, necklace. It is the go-to yeah. verse for, merchand- for merchandising, it seems. Like, if you're in trouble, like, don't worry, God has got a plan for you. Yeah. But the last two verses really get me because they talk about um, they talk about this. Like, yes, God has a plan for us, but we need to call pray and seek God with all of our hearts. It is when we seek God with all of our hearts that we will find God. So it's just not enough to take in that promise. We have to have action on top of that. That's a not not, revelation. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not expectation either. Like I don't want to follow God just so I can get money or just so I can get recognition or stuff. I want to follow God because I want to seek after God's grace and mercy and what he has for me. Dude, you're dropping, you're dropping straight up bombs, like truth bombs <laughs> right here, man, because uh, I'm, I'm serious. Like, like it, it, people use that verse constantly. And so it's so important to realize that yes, he's got a plan and a purpose for your life of not plans to, to prosper you, not to harm you and all of that. But that doesn't mean you can just continue on doing your own thing. You right. have to seek God with all your heart and all your soul. And, and when you seek, you will find. And so um, that's so beautiful that you, that you add that in, because I think a lot of times we get it twisted that, Hey, uh, I can still run my own life. I can still what I need do what I need to do. Uh, and God's just going to come through and, and, and we totally disregard, um, that personal connection. Oh, amen to that, Dustin. You keep, you keep hitting the nails in the head for me. This is great stuff. And then I had two more references here and then this would be my mandate. Um, I also added Philippians four verses eight and nine. Now verse eight is a very popular verse as well. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And that's something as a Christian, we try to say, how do, how do we do this God thing? And that verse comes up. But then verse nine after that completes the picture. And it says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things Mm. and the God of peace will be with you. It's just not enough to think about it or think on those things. Practice it out through your actions. Let your story be your reason that people ask questions about Christ to you. Man, that's so good, Dan. Because I know if I just do it myself, I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm, I'm a nobody by myself. But with foundation as God and acting out my life in this way, people are like, Dan, there's something different about you. There's, there's something that you have that I don't. What is that? And it's just an opportunity to share. And it's a beautiful thing. And then the last verse I have on my mandate is Luke 9, verse 23. And that's the verse with carrying your cross every day as a Christian. And for me, paraphrasing it, being a Christian is not about yourself. But hold on, Dan. Hold on, Dan. I, yeah. I want to back up because oh, we're backing my, mind up, is, yeah. my mind is just turning with some things here. So um, I want to go back to the one you just spoke about. Um, okay. So, so how can somebody apply what you just said right where they are? Let's say they don't know all of the scriptures really well. Let's say they don't know... Um, Let's say they don't know what their impact is. Um, let's just say they're right where they're at today, and that's all they know. How can somebody? How can somebody use that right now? Uh, how can they actively apply that thought process, that that scripture, to their lives right where they are? That's a, another good deep question. Um, for for me, that verse just as those verses, I should say, is a reflection of just who we should be. And it's something that I strive to be, and it could just be done in your home and your relationships. Um, I think one of the great things about Jesus is he was the perfect example. And he was the perfect example of being a servant. He always put others first ahead of himself. 
So if you're in your house today and you have your wife or your husband or whatever, or your kid or whatever the case may be, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, find ways to serve that other person. It, It could be, you know, cleaning the bathroom, which isn't everyone's favorite thing. It could be doing the laundry for someone. It could be just listening to them and hearing them and truly listening to them by showing eye contact and by showing that you care about that person, even stepping out in prayer. And if you're alone right now because of this COVID stuff, there's a great thing called Facebook that can be negatively used, but it can also be used in a positive way to reach out to others and just say, you know what? I'm praying for you, brother. I'm praying for you. And I want to let you know that Jesus loves you. And it's a really big thing I want to share with you. So you know, this sounds so basic. This sounds so basic, but um, I've, I've told my listeners a thousand times, and, and I even spoke this to you, you know, the definition of calling is where God has placed you for impact, and you are thankful through obedience. So so right now, where you are, right where you are, where you're structured, where you're centered, uh, right in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the panic, you can have impact, you can have a voice, you can start to change uh, what's going on around you by service, by loving, by being actively involved in people's life. You have a cell phone, pick up and call relatives you haven't spoken to in a while that may be struggling through COVID, uh, that maybe you need to, um, maybe you need to make an old relationship better. Maybe you need to uh, reach out and, and talk to your dad or your mom who you haven't spoken to in forever since y'all had that last big fight. Uh, maybe you need to be the one to step up. Maybe you feel like it's not your job or not your place, but maybe it, you can't get it off your chest. It won't go away. It won't leave you for some reason. And I think God is just telling us, you've got to be the one that, that I have placed you here for impact. And, and, you can, and you can rise up and you can walk forward through all of this that's going on around you, though you may not know why, but you do know who. You know who is holding all the keys. You know who uh, you can trust. And so looking to the capital W, who, looking to Christ to guide your life and guide your here and now is so huge and powerful. And I'm sorry that I kind of I, I, I slowed you down there. I just wanted I didn't want that to just breeze by because it sounded good. I wanted people to see like. Like, this is for you too, man. Like, like you can do this and it starts right where you are. Continue on, brother. Oh, I agree with that. And now I'm going to go off on a rabbit trail myself and just share a story about yeah. impact. What, what we just talked about. I remember in high school, I was known as the high five guy. I, I always give yeah. people high fives and yeah. it's just something I use to help encourage people and put a smile on their day. And I did this like for two years. It was just something I did. and. I remember my senior year, we actually had a revival at our school and so many people got saved. It was such an amazing experience. And one of my friends who I always give a high five to gave me a huge hug and said, thank you. And I'm like, why? I, well, for what? And she told me for the high fives. I went, it was just a high five. It was nothing big. And then she told me and something that really took me back or made me take a step back. It was on those high fives were sometimes the main reason I came to school every day. Wow. I was like, what? (laughs) Dan, that is enormous right there, man. So just 
it was a way to act out my faith on something even that doesn't require words God used for something amazing that impacts someone's life. So, Oh my gosh. And we so, don't yeah. think about that, man. And so that's just fantastic, man. Now, can't wait to hear this last one. Let's hear the last one. <laughs> so the last one has to do with Luke 9.23, and it's about carrying your cross every day. And what I got from that is being a Christian is not about yourself, but what for God desires us to truly be. Because when I think of the carrying the cross, I always think of Jesus carrying it and the thing's heavy. He was beaten and everything, but he still picked it up and performed what God needed him to do. Just like how there are things in our life that we may want to avoid or things we want to not go through. But if we carry our cross, God's going to be there and God that's when God can truly work when we give all our faith to him and let the, let the um, prayer work happen as they say. So what does carrying my cross? What does that look like? Cause you hear that all the time and you hear that verse. And, and so uh, what does carrying my cross and, and all of that, um, what does that look like in our, in our life? Oh, that could, that could be, in a lot of different scenarios, um, one thing that is big in our culture, especially in social media and all that, is be the person that stands up. Be the person that's the difference maker. For example, gossip is so easy to pass along, you not even realize you're doing it. And yeah, and you can be the person that says, you know what, we shouldn't be doing this because I feel like we shouldn't be looking down on others. It's not something God wants us to do. If you guys want to do it, that's up to you, but I'm not going to have any part of this. So it's putting on those Jesus goggles per se and kind of acting out what would Jesus do in this situation? Would he, would he go with the flow or would he find ways to help people grow in their faith and just um, be that difference maker when no one wants to be, or when people think it's not the right option right now. So, so yeah, it's a daily challenge for me too, because one of the verses that a lot of people struggle with is love your enemies. And that's like, one of the it's it's a backwards thing on earth because normally if you have an enemy you want to beat them into the ground Mm. but jesus says love them because it's not our job to judge that's god's job it's just our job to share god's message to others and let god work in that person man that's so that's so strong now you're talking about the mandate and how powerful that has been in your life and for your life uh, how do you how do you gather your mandate? How do you write your mandate? And and what would you recommend our listeners? How would they start to unfold kind of scripturally uh, uh, what their life looks like? So my suggestion would be to take a really good look at your story, at your journey. And I know people call it testimony as well. I don't like that word as much. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But when I grew up. Um, the word testimony to me was like someone would go up in church and they would say, this happened. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And now life is great. And life isn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> life doesn't end when we get saved. We still are going to deal with trials. We're still going to deal with sorrow and pain. It's more like a roller coaster. You're going to have your ups and downs. And when you're a Christian, your only constant is holding on to Jesus Christ. Mm. So, so my suggestion would be to look back at your journey and kind of section off your life. It could be like your young, your young days when you were a kid to when you were in college to when you were a job and when you were married. It could be when you were in school or when you were in this job. It, it could be looked differently. And what I did 
as part of my class was we took sticky notes where yellow meant good things, red meant bad things, and blue meant what that theme was we thought in our life and how God was working. So, for instance, and I wrote, you write down anything, and this is like a half-hour brainstorm thing where my good things were like, yeah, I was good at basketball. I got, I got the job I wanted. I got the girlfriend, all that. And the bad things was like, I tore my ACL. I got made fun of. I was bullied. Things that we don't really like to talk about or like scars. Like you're, I know you're big into scars, Dustin. So this, so this is really digging deep into some scars and, and the mandate comes from that because when we realize our life, we realize it's this huge story of God wanting us to be a part of his ministry and a part of his kingdom. And the times, the bad times that happened in the future, I realized God had them for a reason. And, and it really helped me on my journey because when I lost my job back in April, I didn't feel depressed, like I said earlier, because I could look back and see how God helped me through those bad times. And yeah, I still might have scars from them, but those scars are almost like badges of honor that God has on me now and shows me that, hey, I'll be there for you, Dan. There's no worries. So I would also suggest after you complete this journey or complete this project in your mandate, share it. Share it. It does no good if you keep this to yourself. And what we did as a class is we took a Saturday and we took an hour each and we told our stories in our mandate. And it was powerful. We were laughing. There were tears. It was almost like we created a second family. And that's what the church should be. It should be a place where we can just rest in the peace of God and also just share our love and our stories with other people of faith. And it's just a powerful thing, Dustin. Man, that is is so huge. And I love that. And I want to kind of end on on a little story. Oh, sure. Um, I want to I want to end on a on a story that's really been touching my heart and shaping my direction for the past week. So uh, it, let's let's go back and look at the Exodus. And so um, when Moses was leading the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, um, we see that that basically as they were underway in in chapter 13, verse 21, it says the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day and in a pillar of fire to give them light at night so that they could travel day or night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. Now, here they've got this this pillar of cloud by day and this pillar of fire by smoke. I mean, by a pillar of fire by night. And so here's, here's what I want to show you, though. All right. So often when we see God moving in our lives, when we see God working in our lives, we can begin to get um, complacent of that. Mm. We can begin to get cocky, bold. We can begin to lose that prayerful mindset. All of that. We can begin to just expect that day by day. But I want to fast forward to chapter 14 verses 19, guys. Here's what's happening now. They are on, the Israelites are on the march, man, through the wilderness, okay? And then the Egyptians decide, wait, what have we done? We've let them go from our slavery. Let's go back and get them and bring them back. Like, like, and so they, the Israelites, or the Egyptians, they begin to go after the Israelites. 
Check out what happens in verse 19, chapter 14. It says, Then the angel of God, who was going in front of the Israelite forces, moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved in front of them, Mm. moved from in front of them and stood behind them. Okay. It, It came between the Egyptian and Israelite forces. Guys, I'm going somewhere with this. It says there was a cloud and darkness. It lit up the night and neither group came near it all day or night long. Okay, so here's what we have. We have this pillar of, of, of cloud by day and fire by night. It, it says it never moves from in front of them. And here they go, man. They're marching, ready to take on the world. Can you imagine when that pillar starts to move? Mm. Can you imagine being in the front of that line, guys, and all of a sudden it starts leaving? And it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now you're leaving me out here all alone. God left me. The angel left me. You you have deserted me, God. I never saw any of this going this way. This is wrong. This should have never happened. This isn't good, guys. What's going on? And we can't see that it's simply moving behind us to block us from what's coming, right? And so it's doing a beautiful thing that we can't see. It's putting puzzle pieces together that we don't understand, but yet to us it feels so painful and so bad. God, why why have you left me? Why have you abandoned me? I just don't understand when we should have the courage to trust. God's not leaving you, man. Nope. God loves us. God loves us unconditionally. All we have to do is have the courage to trust. And as long as we seek God, uh, if they would have done a little bit more investigation, maybe they'd have seen that, hey, they're just he's just going behind us, man. He's just separating. But in that moment of separation and fear, you can find anxiety and it can hurt and be painful. And so I just, I, I got to thinking about that story, man. And it's really been weighing on me this week at how we can lose uh, identity in a moment that feels like it's going out of control. And so how looking back uh, in God, at God in those moments and looking back at how he brought us out of slavery and bondage in Egypt uh, can show us how he's showing up in the midst of our pain and our struggle. Uh, any final words, Dan, before we get into letting uh, letting you kind of share a little more about you? Um, any final words to our listeners who may be struggling with their identity right now? Oh, definitely. Um, I know with identity, and I know I brought up social media before, and this doesn't help. People on Facebook, don't play the comparison game. <laughs> It's so easy to fall into that trap of this guy's married. He's got this many kids. He's got this job. And it's so easy to fall into that trap when you can only post what you want on Facebook. You don't know what's going on in their life. So I'd say don't fall into that trap. But honestly, just give it to God. Yes. That is is the number one thing you should be doing. Just give it to God. And he'll provide you that peace and then get your priorities straight. I know I saw an acronym that still sticks with me to this day. I saw it in youth group when I was 15. And it's about joy, J-O-Y. It's about how to experience true joy. And it's the priorities you should put 
in your life to experience true joy. So the J stands for Jesus. He's number one. O stands for others. And the Y stands for you. Or basically, you finish last to receive true joy. And it's something that's backwards in our society. But it's something that if you can do that consistently, God can have such an impact on your life. And you can realize how your identity should be in Christ and not in yourself. Great final word, great story about identity and, and how uh, we can have hopes and dreams and visions and, and we can have preconceived notions or ideas about how things, how we want things, but life never goes the exact way that we want it, but we can find security in that as well. And looking back at how God can sustain us and, and all of that and be our provider. So, uh, Dan, where can people find out more about you? If they want to know more about Dan Stallier and they want to know about your podcast, what exactly is it about and how can we find more information or get in touch with you? Oh, definitely. Thanks for the time, Dustin. I appreciate it. So, um, my podcast is called finish last and finish last has a threefold purpose. Um, first, I always try to use scripture as my foundation for the episode because that's that solid rock that we need to get started from. And then I take that scripture and I apply it to a real world example. So that could be someone in sports. That could be my interviewed guest because I know when I had Dustin on as a guest, um, he was my real world example and it was such a beautiful thing. And then I try to make it applicable by using what we learned from scripture and the real world example to issue a challenge to you as a listener to help grow your faith with an overall goal of trying to live like Jesus in the modern world. And it's just been a blessing so far and it's just been an amazing journey. And I'd like you guys to join in on that. Um, I have Facebook, I have a Facebook page. It's under finish last podcast, Instagram, finish last podcast. My Twitter feed is at finish last pod. And I'm super excited about this, Dustin. I just launched a website, um, www.finishlastpodcast.com. And what's great about that is I'm also going to include a blog that includes my journey. So it's my whole story that I talked about today and what I did for the class. And I'm also going to include my own biblical mandate on there. If you're wondering how to do it or where to find info on what it looks like as an example. So just some resources for you guys out there. And it's been a blessing being on here, Dustin. I love it, friend. And such a great, powerful message. And uh, to my listeners, I hope you gained a lot out of this. Um, If you did not, you were not listening. You need to go back and you (laughs) need to put your thinking cap on and really see what we were diving into because some of that can seem so mundane. But when you look into the root of, man, my trials and hardships and struggles, and you see God in the midst of that and working through that, gosh, that can be your confidence. Uh, so much later on in life. And so yes. uh, I really appreciate you, Dan. And uh, and so if you will just hang on for just a moment, as for our listeners, I will see you in the next couple of days. <laughs>